0: I'm Naked and Broke. Welcome back. This is part two of my episode with named Ben Reuven. Let's get into it.
1: But, oh my gosh, as an aside, going back to growing up and superheroes, uh, so I, this has nothing to do with anything that we've been talking about directly. So apologies. You can edit this out in post, but it's just relevant to me. Growing up um, in the 80s, sorry, I'm not actually 22 years old, 24. Um, <laughs> <It's out>. I, <laughs> I grew up in an era where um, there was like a particular insult that was going around In a lot of movies, a lot of TV shows. Um, And that insult was my actual name. So I grew up with the name Nimrod. And that, for me as a kid, I was like, oh, it's my name. Can't do anything about that. I guess I might as well just deal with everybody making fun of me for some reason. Anyway, in the US, it was like the insult of the day to use that against somebody as an insult. And for me, just like every day, was a painful experience. Dealing with folks being like, "Ha ha ha!" Doo, 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 doo. <laughs> There's something terribly wrong with you, and you'll never be able to change it because you suck. Um, and not knowing quite how to navigate that, like having that brought on to me as like a toddler, like in preschool, until like college days, like literally every new person that I met, for the most part, would initiate a conversation about why is your name like that why do you have that stupid name um but luckily my closest friends never dipped into that but had so many experiences like that and i never had like a good answer at the time growing up so i couldn't like rebut anybody uh for me it was just like kind of descending deeper into a shell of shyness and embarrassment that as like after name,
0: as the name evolved since then
1: it has, luckily, um, and like in the last month, for some reason, I was made aware of an X-Men character that existed in 1985 when all this was happening to me, like in the beginning, that is the most powerful, like, supervillain that the X-Men universe has ever created. Um, and it is a character called Nimrod, which is like a machine ai robot created by i don't know a planet created by like some maybe some like mixture of
0: what's after after now
1: humanoids um and that thing was like it was built to destroy superheroes like at the time like in the x-men universe mutants were at war with humans right and the humans i guess Made this thing exist, and they're like, We got to get rid of all these mutants, all these superheroes are too much for the world. So, they created this thing, and literally, its job was just to destroy everything that was a superhero in the world and then in the universe. And they couldn't stop it, it just was unstoppable. And I was like, God damn, if I had known that, I could like have that comic book in the back of my pocket and be like, Boom, what's your name? You name? Greg, look at this. You have any super robots named Greg in a Marvel universe? Sorry, Greg. There's probably great Gregs out there, but it's a more common name than Nimrod.
0: Kindergarten research uh, recess would have been interesting, for sure. Yeah,
1: I would have loved to have that. And then now I'm just embracing it a little more. But in college, I just cut it off to Nim mm. because it was very difficult to sit in a lecture hall with 500 other students have the professor call out your name in full. And then everybody turn around like full laughter, being like, Who's that dipshit? <laughs> and me being like, oh, Maybe college. Yeah, is I feel it like for a me. lot
0: of professors do that intentionally. When it, when it spots one of those names, they just blur it out. Like, yeah, this they, person, at?
1: <laughs> yeah, let's all take a quick look. Let's all stop what we're doing. And let me like massacre this person's name in did, front of did, everybody.
0: Did your parents have any idea what they were doing to you?
1: <laughs> no, they were kind of like cognitively distant from the reality of it. I mean, they didn't watch movies, they didn't kind of talk to younger folks. Um in Israel the name was pretty rare at the time. Um but it denoted like a rebellious character. Um is a based on a biblical character that was on one hand a mighty hunter. Um And on the other hand, also one of the most rebellious and prideful characters in the Bible, which when New Testament came along, the character of Nimrod kind of went from this like revered hunter character into like one of the most despised and sinful characters in the Bible. And if you read Dante's Inferno, which we had to for high school, thankfully, there is the character Nimrod which is sitting right next to Satan in the pits of hell um, and when we got to that chapter it was like a new opening and flourishing <laughs> of wonderful insults that I could hear constantly. Still today I hear the echoes of um, but they didn't know. They had no idea. They thought they were giving me some like interesting different rebellious name um,
0: this makes a lot of sense now because uh, in the, the, um, the questionnaire for the podcast, um, you know, pre interview um, you said, uh, describe one word, describe yourself in one word. You said confused. Oh, yeah. Cool. So, <laughs> seems to make a lot of sense now. I was like, why is that? But um, uh, I guess we all, we, we all are onto on uh, on to, you know, certain level. We all are. Um, but I feel like that's what life is. Um, you're spending your entire time out here trying to make sense of why you're out here.
1: Um, oh, yeah. Maybe hilariously confused. Like, I, I'm confused, but I don't take it that seriously. Yeah. i like, I'm not <laughs> in any trouble just yet. I'm just like, just oh, wow. <laughs> huh? Why is this? Why is this like this? Why am I who I am? <laughs> Never know.
0: All right. College or no college for artists?
1: Oh. Um, artists and designers. At this point, you can forget about college. You don't need it to get a job. I mean, most people that you know apply for jobs, I don't think anybody is looking at your college history. Nobody's looking at your GPA at this point or what degree you have. I think it helps if you want to teach. That would be you know, a plus for going to college, getting like an MFA in order to come back and like teach a course. If you like university settings, if that does it for you, um, the best part I would say of uh, going to a university is the different people that you meet that like the bubble that you get out of. Right. I think that if you feel like, well, most people aren't aware of this until it smacks them in the back of their head or in the front of their face. But yeah, if you feel like you need to get out of some bubble that you've been living in, a college in a city is a great place to do that, especially a state school. Um, highly recommend state schools versus private institutions that cost thirty to forty to $50,000 a year. Yeah,
0: I went to a private uh, university. Um, I'm not even going to shout them out just for publicity.
1: <laughs> yeah, shout out to the schools that didn't do shit for us
0: yeah i feel like with me in college uh unless the university is like we we gonna you know wipe out that uh that student loan i'll be like all right great now we're friends now we're buddy buddy but oh yeah
1: <laughs> that's yeah, huge yeah
0: yeah very but um illustrator photoshop
1: oh a little bit of both i'm dipping in you'll sprinkle it here i used to just do photoshop um And enjoy my time there. But since lettering came around, it's got to it's got to be both, because can't do the lettering so much in terms of like the fine fine lines in Photoshop. And and any other uh, any
0: other uh, Adobe Creative uh, Suites or Adobe Creative, what what are they called? Yeah, Creative Suites. Softwares.
1: Softwares. I know the programs.
0: The suite is like all of them together. So I get programs and. Adobe creative programs
1: uh I am other
0: than Illustrator and Photoshop
1: painfully unschooled in a lot of that suite I'll dip into InDesign but that shit slows down my computer a little too much um like it'll take me maybe an hour to open a file in InDesign and then at that point I'm like what am I even doing here am I why am I designing a (laughs) the interior of a book um So I don't use it that much. I used to use it a lot more working in studios and firms because most of their work ends up in in InDesign. So it's a good thing to have if you're thinking, if you're a young designer out there thinking to polish some skills, InDesign is always a a good welcome thing to have that you can show off um, and do fancy things with real quick. Um, But I, yeah, I'm pretty bad with most other things than photoshop and illustrator like i've just started procreate on ipad wow um this I, is, I, was, I was late uh, the learning curve is huge for me because i
0: you, you fit you, i feel like similar to kind of photoshop mixed with illustrator a little
1: bit yeah it would seem like it's the next step of evolving these two systems together um i just haven't had that click in my brain that's like, ah, this is how I am comfortable using this. Yeah, so you
0: know, something that's
1: really off-putting when I got,
0: um, I want to say maybe 20, mid with 2019, I got the iPad and Procreate and all of that. Um, it was really off-putting and kind of intimidating because the, the program comes with the, whoever those professional illustrators are, it comes with that artwork in there. Mm-hmm. And you don't even know how to use the program. And, I, and like I, for a month, I was like, okay, I guess I have to delete these. because They're kind of, you know, making me feel bad about my skills.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, as soon as I open that first gallery view of what they have there as examples, that's like, nope. I'm going to yeah. close this up. I'm going to watch some YouTube now. <laughs> yeah. videos instead. Um, but
0: uh, cardboard Baby, how was that born? Did that come out of any situation or
1: yeah uh, straight up joblessness oh going to your dumb broken naked elements i was pretty much at that point Dumb, naked and broke dumb naked and broke same Um, same same words (laughs) uh yes
0: oh you you were exactly
1: those things uh stumbling on the streets of brooklyn probably has some clothes oh Um, good Good, good. (laughs) dumb and broke definitely half Um,
0: naked maybe
1: (laughs) yeah i was working out of a a studio space, a lovely studio space across from where I was living. Um, well working is not the right term. I was sitting in front of my computer waiting for work to happen as we do um, and not, was, nothing was happening and so in the studio space like it was a huge building with a lot of different artists and people doing amazing things, much more amazing than I was doing at the time for sure. They were always getting like office supplies and so it was a constant flow of just like cardboard boxes in the hallway, uh, like recycling bins full of cardboard boxes. And I was like, well, maybe I'll just make a robot um, to keep me company. And to... <laughs> the original idea was to create a system of interviews where the robot would interview other like artists and designers that I was fascinated with um and the interviews would last maybe 30 seconds long because within that 30 seconds my cardboard robot would completely fall apart or like (laughs) some technical issue would happen where it would just like you know person would be painting and showing off their work and the robot would fall into the canvas and screw everything up and so that's that was the idea i was like i'm gonna have this slew of viral youtube interviews starring this cardboard version of myself um, which of course um, never happened because of motivational issues but I would make these little videos where instead of interviewing folks because I guess the the timing of getting people to like agree to an interview was pretty difficult for me Um, also the premise wasn't the most like oh wait the interview is going to be 30 seconds and you're not actually going to hear me speak at all you're just going to ruin my studio it wasn't that tempting to a lot of folks I was like well I'll just do shit by myself (laughs) so it was making fun of myself mostly started out as like making fun of what I was attempting to do as an artist and designer and then the industry as a whole to show like I don't know, to have some kind of jab at not taking myself so seriously, even though I wasn't working at the time, probably to make myself feel better about my situation is to make fun of the things that I can't have with jobs and financial security.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So with the the cardboard baby, um, now that hopefully you have some kind of stability, (laughs) <laughs> you look like you have some kind of stability
1: i yes, i got a roof over my head that's good i gotta remind myself of that
0: um it so those, those like Carbo babies um on average like what is the i guess <laughs> conception to you know to being born what is that process like
1: uh it for a while, it was... Do you, do you go to the, the maternal
0: nine months? Or what are we doing?
1: Oh, yeah. It would take a while. Like, the <laughs> process of making a 15-second video when Instagram just allowed 15-second video spurts, that was, like, it would take that, a week. That was such a long
0: time ago. I forgot all about that.
1: Yeah. That, that was kind of annoying, actually. But yeah, was like, that, that
0: turned into TikTok.
1: Yes. And now Instagram is will be subsuming tiktok into its own fold i'm sure and tiktok won't exist <laughs> down the line but yeah 15 second videos i don't know if like vines were happening at the same time or just also emerging probably instagram was trying to make vines on instagram um i can't remember what the timeline was but 15 seconds was all i had to work with um and of course like most setup shots are 15 seconds long I didn't quite like get the natural editing etiquette and understanding that like the younger folks had was like I only have a 15 second like attention span for me it was like all right I got to set up the shot I got to like zoom in and slowly like build up this tension and like have an over the shoulder and all this bullshit um and then I'm sitting trying to edit it like three hours worth of material into 15 seconds and that would take a long time even though i'm not (laughs) like none of it was professional or like well recorded in any way shape or form um but that's those were the beginning elements of like wanting to like make these small cinematic journeys that would on one hand like make fun of myself and what i was doing so i would feel better about not doing it um, and the other hand was just like, Bring elements of my original art form, which was comic strip drawing, into reality, like the next level. God. So that's where I started being an artist, was in college making comic strips for the daily newspaper in college. And this is like the extent, the current iteration of those comics in cardboard form
0: cool cool so basically things coming full circle um with uh the, the cardboard baby i remember um i don't know how deep into quarantines uh but those uh quarantine videos was pretty good um the social oh, distancing, uh <laughs> cardboard baby videos they were, they were pretty good because uh, they were like uh like a take other than you know everyone was doing the you know human Human, human, where it's like, oh don't stand so close and sneeze. And I feel like, in terms of image-wise, that was very aggressive. Um, just because no one, you know, knew what COVID was, and they're showing all these. I don't know who came up with the graphic for COVID, but he did a horrible job, he or she. Um, <laughs> um, but I feel like just all the visuals and everything was just so alarming that yours was more of a, you know, same situation, but you know is much more easier to digest, where everyone's like, oh, well, I'm not a cardboard, but you know, like, I do understand what's happening. Uh, and the information was a lot more easier to take in. Um, so Thank I think in terms, of, in terms of that, but also to what you were saying um, with how it came about, you think that whole like, process and even now working with, um, I don't know how often you make a new one, uh, but you think that's helped with, in terms of balance to your creativity
1: It was for a while. I got to say that definitely doing the cardboard baby stuff alongside the other work, the lettering work and the design work that I was doing was a great, like creative balance for me to like get out all the goofiness that was kind of welling up in my system that I couldn't find interesting ways of incorporating in my like lettering work. Um, And so that was great to an extent. And to very specifically, like those COVID videos that I made, probably like the last ones that I really produced for the Cardboard Baby. Um, and also coming around into like the more mental health aspect of things is like when I put those videos out, was like around like the, I think most Instagram creators, or I wouldn't say Instagram, most creators who put work out on Instagram have noticed that their engagements and their audience levels have like tanked in the last three years since Facebook kind of took over and installed their new timeline, et cetera, et cetera. We've been seeing like the things that we put out there kind of fall on very few eyes. Um, And for me, I think so much of my work depends on how I interact with an audience. Like there's artists that can put stuff out there that feel great about just like putting their work out being like I made this I don't really care what anybody has to say just the process of making it makes me happy um, I strive to be that type of artist one day but until then I'm somebody who's like very keyed in on how my stuff is received or interacted with or who is able to see it and like the feedback that I get from that to like maybe develop more interesting things or continue to develop things I haven't quite found a way to take my beady little eyeballs and head out of that that uh, type of pattern just yet so in creating these videos I would say I would put it out there that each subsequent cardboard baby video has fallen on smaller and smaller audiences and each time I posted one of those things I would lose 100 to 300 followers that day Ooh. um do you, so,
0: you think that has to do with your following or instagram
1: algorithm uh i would say definitely not the content that i'm producing because it's like so good um no. yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm,
0: <laughs> yeah i'm <laughs> saying like you're like you following that's in like they're like oh Nim just posted the cardboard baby again. I was hoping for a lettering, unfollow.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> or, that-
0: Or you think it's like Instagram, it's like you're, cause I feel like I kind of experience when I post video versus photo, different, you know, engagements. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's Instagram that you're posting these videos. They, you know, either not reaching your following or, you know, your following is then not as used to, oh, this is what this artist is doing and, And so it's, I don't know, unfollow. Honestly, I don't know how the unfollowing works if like a hundred people wake up in the day and it's like, okay, I had enough.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it was a mix of the two. There's definitely an element of people who like signed up for the lettering stuff and the calligraphy style work and they're like, what am I looking at here? Why, (laughs) this isn't funny. This isn't interesting to me. Who thought this would be a good idea? Um, I'm done with this idiot. but it's like so few and far between I was like what can't you just put up with the one video I post every five months (laughs) uh but no people are very fickle but also I think the way the like the Instagram is set up in terms of like what it thinks people wants to see and what people then feel like they think they want to see because of it it's like if your feed isn't like curated to a point where it like is the same thing over and over again but just different iterations of the same thing then we're not going to promote it to people exactly.
0: which which is very boring as an artist to you yeah. uh, want to be doing the same thing over and over uh, absolutely but but speaking it's, of, of instagram you posted i believe earlier today about the instagram engagement that only allows one percent of your following to you see your work and all of that, but I thought it was interesting. You talking about, um, you know, things that potentially may come out of it, like you know, depression and uh, maybe exaggerating with the societal um, thoughts and all of that. But maybe not. Um, but you, you you made some um, interesting point. I felt like about self esteem and, and self worth and, and all of that. Um, but I feel like on the on the side of as a creative. A lot of, like a lot of work going to a project, and necessarily you're not necessarily designing a project for Instagram. I have some lettering that I'll do, but mostly the black and white ones, where I'm like, all right, I'm I'm doing this because I'm posting it on IG, so that is different. But like work that you create for either for impact or more of a bigger a bigger you know scope on the work that then you just share on Instagram only to have. Um, like we were saying earlier, um, with you know, if a subject matter is kind of intense um, and you have a, I, I think you have a following about 38 or something, um, 38K for who's listening on audio.
1: I paid a lot of money for those 38K. Okay, no, gotta- I, I heard you getting verified in a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Better. I paid also a lot of thousands of dollars for that verification check mark. And to like up my Google SEO, so when Instagram checks, they'll know I'm relevant. A lot of money. It's where all my money goes to these days. Checking. Uh,
0: I totally lost the the thought
1: that I was having. (laughs) Uh, Going back to engagement Instagram. Right, engagement on Instagram.
0: Um, For me as an artist, I feel like a lot of the work, you know, is already done before you get to Instagram, and the the hard work of building your following and the people who intentionally decided to um follow you because either they gravitate towards the type cardboard your personality whatever it is they made that decision to follow your work so for instagram to only show not you know not just you you know it's a general thing um just to show um your work or whatever you're posting to only one percent of your following it's such a weird weird thing and i've thought about the concept um when they, i think it did this update beginning of 2020 or whenever Um, but, um, I thought about it and I've been thinking about, uh, what it would be like not being on Instagram. Um, just because I, I feel like if you understand things and the workings of things, I feel like I, as an individual and everyone else that's on the platform offer a lot more to Instagram than they're offering to the users. And in terms of if you are a creative or someone who has some sort of following because, you know, over time, you've gone through, you know, the hard work of, um, like we were saying, being able to speak um, and get your, your thoughts out there and whether it's in a creative sense or, you know, audio or whatever, uh, verbal, um, just like you went, you put in a lot of work. So, and the following that you're gaining is rightfully yours in the fact that, you know, these people are like, I gravitate to this person, either that work or who they are for the platform to only then, you know, disregard 99% of you know, those people is, is kind of backwards. And, but also as an artist, I feel like, um, cause then in order for you to reach your 99%, Instagram will tell you to promote your work, to, yeah. to get to the people who are already there to see your work. That's okay. such a weird thing. That's like have inviting a hundred people to you, your art gallery, only letting one in and then, um, Asking the other ninety-nine to pay a handsome fee to get in the art gallery that the first person just got in for free, um, mm-hmm. and you know everyone got dressed and left their homes intentionally to see the art. Um, so I think I think of it in that workings um, that way. Uh, but like again, going back to what you were speaking about about uh, self-esteem and self-worth, and you know some depression and whatnot kind of tied in there. Um, is that something you feel? either you have experience or you feel like it's an actual thing.
1: Yeah, definitely both. Um, And that, yeah, that little promote button is one of the most insidious things that Instagram has come up with the promote this post because they know they're like, like "Ah, we're, we're making it so you feel shitty that not that many people are seeing your post. (laughs) And here's a little button that we've, are the kindness of our hearts we've created for you that you can press and pay you know 5 10 15 60 bucks to you know it's not that much just yeah. to like reach a few more people and then do it again tomorrow and the next day and the next day and then also create a situation where that becomes the norm like if you're not promoting your posts which i think is now what like every brand has to do, with yeah, absolutely on Instagram. To do. um uh, for one
0: well, i personally have not yet, but I know I will pretty soon, just because of how it's set up but um in terms of just like you were saying that that's such a, a weird thing, even with that promote button, like you're saying kindness of of, of our hearts, um, yeah right um just even with that it's such a weird thing because it's like you know um like uh either it's kind of I feel like it's kind of like having a conversation with a homeless person and then um offering them maybe two three of your fries and then putting a bag of food next to them
1: mm-hmm. and,
0: t- and telling them if you're still hungry, you can have to rest, but at a handsome fee. And, you know, yeah. if, they, if someone's in that position, they have no other you know, option. Um, so definitely something that's intentional.
1: Um, yeah. I, I feel as a creator, definitely sucked into this, this world of like, should I, shouldn't I? Oh, definitely not going to do it, but oh, maybe I should do it for like my more satirical anti-Instagram social media posts. And that'll like really, that'll twist it up. But then at the same time, like I'm still giving money to promote this post. (laughs) Um,
0: And you're making Instagram a lot of money by posting.
1: Yeah, there's like, you know, bringing more people into the forum. And I think, yeah, going back to the mental health aspect of it, uh i've i've seen myself like how i approach my work uh shift since i've been on instagram i mean it started on instagram the lettering stuff and it was wonderful when it was there in the beginning um and it like really helped me deal with a lot of things that i was going through at the time like the community of strangers that was just like very supportive of things that i was going through through like you know, interacting with my work and finding some sort of connection with it was beautiful and it was like something I'd never experienced uh, except for like a tiny bit on MySpace when that first came out where there was like a moment where, you know, artists were also fascinated, like musicians were blown away by MySpace as like a place that they can connect with fans and you could like, you could email a famous artist on MySpace and they would get back to you like that was a crazy shit that was happening like you would find somebody like oh i love this person i love them for all this time i'm gonna dm them just say how much i love their stuff and then they write back and you're like what what i don't think that's existed anywhere else except for like instagram for a yeah i I
0: think it's done even like instagram probably you get some weeks some months
1: yeah no different beast I've definitely been affected by like how it was before versus now and like having this like need for like being like, Oh, it's like, you know, the relationship that isn't quite working out, but it started out like fire and you're like, I know how this person was back then. I could see that in them. I really want it to like go back to how it was, but not realizing that they've moved on and they're a different person now and i still haven't moved on i'm just like no but but remember how we used to be and how we used to walk hand in hand in the park and talk about how beautiful we were and um and now there's like i'm interested in making money right now and i'm definitely not interested in you uh or anybody i miss for that money um people
0: but, don't even know the original what was it, like brown and whatever instagram logo that looked like that
1: oh yeah I mean, I could not have exactly told me exactly.
0: Um, things, things have moved on, but um, I'm currently still at that point where I feel like um, depending on if I'm on Instagram for the long run, will probably be the following Because right now. The one thing I'm caught up on is the people that I have on Instagram, how to effectively transfer them and let them know I'm going to be hanging out mainly on my, my main website. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than Instagram. So like, until that, I guess formula or whatever gets solved in my head. Um, but other than that, one of these days, I might I might not be on the ground, we'll see.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that's- the- I,
0: I have some creative friends who made that decision just for their own sanity with music and whatnot that they do. Just like, you know, this, this thing is going in a different direction than what I initially uh, anticipated. So, um, yeah. but also, I think of it as, uh, I know like the younger generation, it's hard to kind of make sense of how are people able to, you know, network and function and do all of this stuff without social media. And I think of it as, um, you know, like I look at like older designers and design mentors that, you know, um, you know figure it out way before um, social media. And even now, still, is you know, making handsome checks with their business and things. Um, without social media like they have their you know firms and stuff on social media where it's like they probably got like 200 followings like mm-hmm. you're like oh this firm is not doing good but you know in the reality of it you know that firm is, is doing a lot in in you know outside of social media so i i, I try to pay attention to you know to networkings um because that's more of a human connection you know with networking and and removing of, you know the quote-unquote middleman that
1: exactly. is
0: Our internet. Um, But uh, pivot a little bit to a much uh, lighter question. Um, What is your go to typeface?
1: Uh, I'm trying to figure out how to make this dark and (laughs) (laughs) go back into like the nihilistic. My favorite typeface is there is no typeface. It's just um, not what is my favorite typeface? Um, That's a good question. I really i'd never really used this ever but i love it um and it's titling gothic it's like oh there's something about titling gothic i don't know who makes it whoever does is great um i can't afford it (laughs) Uh, i'll never be able to afford even one of their weights i'm sure but um it is like the most i don't know there's something about titling gothic that really gets me and i always want to use it for something and then i realize that i can't afford to use it but maybe that's a good thing it's like that pie in the sky um and as far as yeah i tend to not work with fonts that much um i love using like um you know know, classic cutout like wood type fonts that's like stuff oh. that I was really into, and back in the day there'd be like books of like wood type alphabets that I would just like cut and paste, scan, and like warp and rescan um, and
0: you're into a uh, type type setting and all of that
1: oh yeah, I love like taking individual letters. most of my projects will involve me in some capacity, just like taking a letter here and like squishing it over here and like reshaping it a little bit um, or just like. Finding a typeface that looks decent and then reworking it, don't tell any of the the font makers that I do this because they would despise that. Um, <laughs> I mean, I would too if I spent three years making a font and then some idiot goes and I'm like, maybe I could tweak this serif a little bit tied a little bit yeah. <laughs> I could feel them like' it was like fingers nails on a chalkboard. Um, so I'll do that a lot uh, if somebody wants like a logo type or something um, but yeah. Going back to it, titling Gothic, and then more or less anything anybody was using in like the 70s and 80s for horror books, like novels that had some sort of like sci-fi or horror bent to them. Always very creative and fascinating.
0: Cool, cool. When are you, when are you uh, most productive, nighter or morning?
1: Um, definitely in the nighttime, much more of a night owl. Don't sleep that well at all. Um, I try to, but I had huge problems sleeping. So probably from like six o'clock onwards is when I start really feeling work ready. The six day in the morning, six at night. So six at night onwards, uh, that's God. when I'm feeling like I'm ready to work. Um, but before then, like there's too much sunlight. I want to go outside. That probably is like the time I used to build up my creative Efforts. Um, but if I have to, I'll work yeah. at a cafe during the day and enjoy sure it.: Are you
0: not Dracula on the while?
1: A um, little bit of information. Some people already know this. My dad was born in Transylvania. Oh. No joke. He was born in Transylvania in Romania. So I may be Dracula, but without <laughs> any of the benefits. So just like the pale, clammy skin. <laughs> without, yeah, the benefits. No benefit. It's like Blade, but the opposite of Blade. <laughs> if anybody knows the Wesley Snipes. You know, and um,
0: you don't get to rock the nice the nice outfits either.
1: Yeah, none of that.
0: The fly trench coat.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. I was a big fan of Blade when that came out. My goodness. Um, yeah,
0: exactly. That was another movie too that I saw when I was in Africa. Um, okay. the the whole like vampire thing. That was that was a huge thing. Because I guess it was like kinda like zombies. You know, like like the waves was like zombie apocalypse. it was like a vampire thing, and it was like, "Oh, that's where we're going now.
1: Yeah, that blade definitely flipped it on its lid. <laughs> it was like, here's somebody who's like the best of everything, like the epitome, <laughs> and then also really cool, like very little wrong with with that character, I gotta say. But yeah, so think of the opposite of Blade, and that's me, and um that yeah. Maybe I should have put that on my resume. <laughs> it's like the first thing.
0: Um, I This particular question, um, people struggle with it. So I, I, I've been curious uh, for your response on this one. Um, never hear music again or lose the ability to read?
1: Oh, my God. Damn. i got to lose sleep over this one. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would say you know, I'd have to have that music with me. I mean, music is probably <laughs> the thing I need the most in my life. Um, again, like, I wish I was a better musician, but I'm so lucky to have folks in my life that do that stuff. Um, I got to, I mean, I got to shout out again to Sun Little and also my good friend, Charlie Rabito, who has worked with Sun Little a lot to like, make some gorgeous gorgeous music but yeah if I couldn't hear those folks play or just like the music that I enjoy listening to um, that's like very inspiring oh and going back to what we were talking about earlier movie soundtracks and tv show soundtracks has been something that I've really gotten into recently in terms of just like listening to them outside of the context of the movie Um, and that being like a very inspiring art form for me um, to help like with me during my creative process, um, there's a guy named Colin Stetson, who's a saxophonist composer who has created some of like the most mind-bending background themes to some of my like favorite visuals. Um, and yeah, that's I I would never want to have that go away. Like I'm very nervous about my hearing and like protective about it. Um, And I feel like somebody could always read me a book if I had the (laughs) ability to listen to music.
0: (laughs) That is true.
1: But again, if I did not have the ability to music, I'd probably enjoy finding out how to feel the music in ways. Because I know there are folks out there that have never heard it as we've heard it and have, like, moved beyond that into, like, being able to feel the frequencies in their systems. Mm. And so, I don't know. I guess it's crazy to think about either way.
0: Yeah, it's a a tough question, but I feel like I would probably lean towards the music side as well. Um, Mm -hmm. Mainly because I got through a lot of my life without reading. It put Uh me back, it set me back, I'm not gonna lie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's that part too, man. (laughs) It's like all all the crap we had to read that was worthless.
0: Exactly. Um, honestly, um, like looking back at like my childhood, the most important books I read were like when I was a kid. The kid, uh, was like all you can read series, or it's like I can I can read books. I think that's what it's called. That series, similar similar words, yeah. But those I felt like were very very like in terms of the the storyline were very life are related. Um, as I got older and thinking about them, but, uh, now it's more of like reading stuff, you know, um, whether it's for creative improvement or spiritual improvement or, um, the, the one books I I don't read like drama and all that crazy stuff, mainly because I don't know what to read and probably will lose interest if it's like, you know, a storyline that's like, you know, kind of dramatic and, you know, kind of emotionally gets you hooked. For me, that, I, like, I, I would prefer to watch a movie when it comes to that. But um, with books, it's more like self-help books and all those things. is kind of my go-to.
1: Um, gotcha. Is there something you're reading now that um, you have been blown away by? Well, or hate? Hate. <laughs> you really despise the way it's been written.
0: I haven't gotten any books um, that I've like, hate, hated and be like, oh, I shouldn't have spent my money on this. Um, but <laughs> i am reading uh, in spent in terms of spirituality i 'm reading uh a book by uh, Eckhart tool it 's called mm-hmm. the power of now um i 'm reading that and design wise i'm reading i 'm reading a couple books design wise but the main one that i 'm currently on it's uh the power of or oh, um Pitching Without Manifesting. Um, uh, uh, manifesting Without Pitching, I should say, sorry. I got these titles all backwards. Um, but that, that one is particularly about, you know, being an artist, un- understanding ownership and talks about um, as an artist, the eagerness to, you know, be a young artist and want to, um, you know, do work for exposure or um, talks about like, uh requests for proposals you know getting paid for those and and your time and all of that and uh, the importance of um not necessarily um doing the work before you get paid um so in terms of me being like a young young person in the design and and art art industry i feel like it helps because i'm not as eager to to be like oh let me let me submit my work and see um and see um I, I know my work is dope but let me submit and see you know for free obviously um and see if they would be like oh this is dope let's you know or let me put in the work and design something for you know eight ten hours and then um send it to them just to be like hey i could do this for you guys and and, and then have them either tear it apart to create a new one or or nothing really comes from it. but it talks about the importance of you know, understanding when, when to pitch, when not to. Um, but it's more like business, um, in, in, my, in my understanding, more of like a, like a, um, like a boss-slash-CEO or any kind of a targeted tune that it provides to creatives. Um, so I, I like reading that, but I have a couple. Um, I'm the type to like, like read a chapter, two chapters, and then we'll put a book down and then go find the next one, and yeah, yeah. then probably come back to it at some point in the year. Um, but those two that I mentioned, I'm trying to wrap them up because I'm pretty close to finishing them. Um, but a couple of years ago, I probably would have not have an answer for any kind of book that <laughs> I was reading. Um, but you know, th- to our earlier point, um, the, the, the exposure to different things um, allowed the, you know, the consciousness and the growth, um, whether in concept or execution, to, you know, as as a person, as I get exposed to all these things, I'm like, oh, you know, I actually don't know anything. Let me, you know, go and educate myself. And, but also thinking about um, that I now have um, people who are looking at my work um, beyond just the work and, you know, because I'm speaking to issues. Um, and so um, it's, it's nice to be well, not, you know, as well-versed as I could possibly be, but in terms of, being able to hold a conversation or go back and forth in the comments and defend my points. Mm-hmm. And so like thinking about all of that and, and saying, oh, you, you're not just posting. And it's like, you know, a few people are gonna see it. You know, people are actually gonna try and shape their thought and who they are based on this. So it's a lot more seriousness that goes into it. Um, so all of that tends, tends to help. Uh, did you ask me yeah. a question uh, originally?
1: Yeah, yeah, you definitely answered it in terms of what you were interested in reading. And
0: yeah, yeah, so like those two things fire up now, and pitching without or pitching without uh, manifesting.
1: Yeah, and that's a great feeling to be able to put something out there and feel confident that you can talk about it, and you're open to like people, like even welcoming people who might not think the same way and like want to engage with you more about it. Um, and to be like, yeah, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, and then if you 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 like find a few holes poked in there, you like build from that. You're like, all right, I can think about this more. But mostly it's like, yeah. bring it, bring it on, yeah. come on. Yeah,
0: I've been in situations <laughs> where um, at like an art show or something, <laughs> like you know the work as you as you know is very. If it, depending on who you are and your sensitivity level, it's kind of edgy. But in my <laughs> opinion, it's honest. Um, but people always try to like subtly have me defend my work um, doing like a, a gallery talk or, or art show and trying to make them some comments on, on something. But like I said, usually um, I'm looking at, you know, a couple different other things than what I'm doing. So that tends to help. Um, for example, the, the Liberty Freedom Jacket, which is a collaboration that I put out recently. Gorgeous. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Um, that that jacket, the the lettering on the back and all the craziness um, had, um, you know, it was talking about, you know, uh, prison and um, race and talking about America and all of that. Um, but in, at the to summarize, it was also talking about, you know, the individual and understanding self. And um, I'm chatting and talking to people about this one dude. It's like he points. I always do like these... Um, these things, these icons are kind of repetitive. Whether it's like the paper plane, or maybe the hearts, or um, the it's like lightning boats. Those are kind of repeated in my work um, throughout. And he's like, "Yeah, so those those lighting boats um, look similar to uh, the ones the not- Nazi were using." And uh, is that is that what it is? I was like, in my head, I'm like, "That's interesting that you asked me that. That I would purposely put that on 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 the freedom jacket." Um, but the boat, the the Nazi uh, lighting boats, he was talking about. In terms of how it's designed, the, the endpoints have chiseled, like sharp chisel ends. And my personal, or you know, just anyone who's drawing lightning boats, understand that one end is chiseled and the other end is pointy. Um, so so that's the difference. But it's kind of uh, the te- The official name is called the Nazi X S boat. Mm-hmm. look like, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um. So yeah, so he tried to like ask me if that was in my work. And in my head, I didn't say this to him, but I'm like, if you look at the work and look at my skin color and all of that, that's kind of an ignorant question to ask, but I'll, I'll answer. Um, so like stuff like that, you know, people suddenly would throw it in there because I feel like the understanding of artists is that most artists aren't well-rounded uh, or even like educated people. Um, in terms of academics and all of that. Um, So like most people would try to like belittle um, artists and and just like anyone who's trying to make progress in any shape or form. Um, But yeah, for me, I've noticed stuff like that and that helped me, not necessarily helped me, but it kind of affirmed and solidified that what I was doing in terms of the background work was much needed, Um, because in situations like that, and for me personally, I don't shy away from a conversation, whether right or wrong. On my mm-hmm. end, I'm gonna have the conversation because at the end of the day, I'm gonna be better off for it. So so for me, I'm always open to it. But that was something I started noticing and I was like, okay, this is the right approach that you're you know backing up the art with research and things like
1: that. Yeah, the goal is down the line, hopefully like 10 years from now, somebody's gonna look at somebody else's artwork and it'll be like, I see you've incorporated Emmanuel's lightning bolts. <laughs> Tell me about that. Are you talking about like these social justice issues? Just, like, what does that have to do with your work? And, like completely, finally divested from like the, the other background um, mm-hmm. into something new and something more important. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that day when I am talking with somebody in a museum showing your work. And we're talking about the Emanuel style lightning bolts.
0: Yeah, thank you, thank you. That that would be a day to look forward to. Um, hopefully, hopefully that you know artwork in the museum is right around the corner.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: but yeah, I, I don't really know museums and all of that. But I a long time ago I, I stopped doing artist submission. I don't know what your opinion is on this, because I feel like again, similar to our Instagram thing that we was just talking about, is such a, a rip off with having artists kind of pay probably 200 plus just to submit an art piece that probably 5,000 plus artists is submitted and then not get a call back. So yeah. I think from college, I stopped doing that. Um, and, you know, it's just been rocking solo since then. Um, but, you know, that's why I appreciate like the connections that that happen with my work or um, otherwise, because it's so organic, um, it's not like, you know, I saw, you know, I saw your work at a show or something like that. It's more of, you know, that connection, whether they're seeing it online or in person, prints or whatever. um, There's something different that each person takes away and decides to hit me up and talk about. So I appreciate that rather than the general consensus of, you know, just whatever an artist wants to hear um, so they can keep playing out more work.
1: Yeah, same page.
0: But that was, you know why I uh, wanted to have you um, on the show to talk and and chop it up, because I feel like we have similar workings in a way. Um, We've never really chatted to an extent, but um, again, you know, it's kind of documented in the work. Uh, But most importantly, the show, um, Dumb, Naked, and Broke, is more about um, so Dumb, Naked, and Broke, meaning young inexperienced and ignorant. Um, So it's the lack of um that you know it's kind of stifling whoever progress however way you want to look at it um so the the point of the show is just to connect creatives mostly the younger creatives with older creatives um for me
1: i'm the yeah. younger i'm on the younger side right yeah
0: yeah definitely
1: that's <laughs> <laughs> a bullet thank you thank you for
0: um <laughs> yeah but you know so people like us um have a hard time <laughs> Um, I, I remember when I was, uh, you know, coming up and doing internships and all of that, um, through like the connection of people that was in my life, I, I believe probably this recording is going to end, because we're scheduled for three. Oh yeah, i um, have got a minute. But if that does, I might have to hit you up again um, after this to wrap up. Um, I don't know if it like shuts down or axes you. I've never gotten to that end, so we'll see. <laughs> we'll find
1: out. but before the end i just want to thank you so much for bringing me on this show this conversation was fantastic i am honored to be a part of this and to be a part of this um just talking about this kind of stuff
0: yeah thank you i, I appreciate your insight as well and you know a lot of i feel like the way you break down things is very different than a lot of artists that is on a gram and and also a lot, of, a lot of, like you were saying, a lot of buckets that you can pull from it's not necessarily the same thing um, you're doing. Um, so it helps. because Again, you, you cast a wider net in the sense and different people gravitate towards different things. And like I said, for me, it was the lettering and then got put onto the cardboard baby. And then ho- hopefully I'll get put onto you as the artist.
1: I'm <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what happens next. <laughs> um, weird shit. You're but uh, yeah,
0: no. Thank you for your time, and thanks for. Uh, uh, I guess you blocked out seven hours, but I'm gonna be generous.
1: And, yeah, and I'm just gonna sit here, and just... stare at the <laughs> blank screen for another four hours, so, <laughs> and just talk yeah, to that's myself. A, that's the creative
0: process. Oh, <laughs> we're, still, we're still recording, so I guess we could wrap up in a more organic way. Um, but um, also, going back to you know, dumb, naked, and broke. Um, meaning young, inexperienced and ignorant. Um, I feel like a lot of younger people, um, because of society and the conditioning and the programming and how the system's set up, a lot of people are kind of pushed away from what they actually want to do and chase their passions and and dreams and things like that. Um, For me personally, I think the word dream, I probably have written that probably more times than I would see days in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's kind of embedded up here. And I try to have people just like get in the mindset of connecting to what their dreams are. Because for me, it was, you know, the realization and then the work that's going to go into it and then actually figuring out the network and some things of how to make it happen. But I feel like that is at the, the very beginning of, you know, realization. Um, so with the show, is mostly to help people realize their passion and hone in on it and um, help them build um, and help them uh, develop creatively, uh, develop um, mentally if they can, physically if they can from the show, but also spiritually as well. Because um, I feel like as an artist, you need a balanced uh, lifestyle to be more productive. And personally for me, I'm more caught up in the creation process. And when, even when I'm working, that's the most exciting point, like the, from having the concept up here to um, once I sit down, whether it's on the, nowadays it's mostly on the iPad, Um, drawing on paper, feels so weird now, it's so wild. Um, (laughs) But like on the iPad, it's like, uh, like you sit there and then you get the, you get the creative burst. and, And once I get into the idea, the whole process of from the sketch to completion. That that is for me the most exciting thing. The end the end the end work the end product. I looked at it maybe the same day that I created and and I'll study a little bit. But usually when I'm posting and people are seeing the work, for me I'm over it. Like it doesn't it doesn't have much weight to it. I'm just like eh. it's just something. And eh. but um, in terms of the creation process is where I live and I feel like a lot comes out of that creation process because you know, it's patience, it's, you know, discipline, This, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of breaking down ideas and concepts in your head um, and really understanding that for me allowed me to to be more like the end process, not to worry about how the end product is going to look because um, like, I'm like, if I figure it, figure out just concept-wise, figure out how to break that down, I'm going to approach it, figure that out, if, you know, research is in there, break all of that down. I feel like I look at Design. Um, I don't talk about this a lot, but the only time I understand math is when I'm designing, which is weird. And when it comes to money, um, <laughs> but it's it's very weird because like you give me a math problem and I'll I'll sit there all day and I'll pretend like I'm trying to solve it, but I'm not trying to solve it. It's, it's like when you're in class and the teacher looks at you, so you bite your pencil and you know act like you're thinking, but yeah. I don't. Just like when it comes to math, the brain is just like off. Um, but when it's design, when it comes to design, I could, I could solve a math problem in design and, and like, I, I, like, I could watch my brain kind of break down these things, but like outside of it, don't make any sense to me. Um, so like, for me, i look at design as a formula, um, like a math formula, you get those algebra equations and you try to figure it out with the numbers. So I'm like, all right, what, what, you know, I have a formula for where I want to go. What, uh, you know, I guess what it called variables what variables you have um meaning you know concept where am i am i you know am i thinking lettering am i thinking illustration am i thinking the both and then once i kind of you know nitpick my different things then i put them together and i'm like okay here's the formula and here's what i have so i plug those in and then um by the time you know i go through all the craziness of creating the end product really is the solution for the formula that i plugged in at the beginning so it's not necessarily the creating of um you know back and forth with oh i did this and i'm gonna i'm gonna look at it and then um try and critique it or and then you know do all of that their client work i tend to be i tend to do all of that but with personal stuff it's mostly up here and then um going through all of that um process which is kind of chaotic um, but mainly looking at it as formulas where I'm like, okay, you know, this color means a certain thing, a bold letter means a certain thing, you know, a thin letter means a certain thing. And so it's like understanding all of those, I already know what the end is going to look like. So by the time I plug in, you know, boldness for, you know, aggression or, you know, thin uh, letter weight for elegance and de- decorative, all of that stuff, and then you get to colors. And by the time it comes out, it had bits and pieces of what I was looking for. Um, So for me, with the show, I try to help people focus more, especially artists and creatives, on their own process. You got to feel like that kind of opens things up to a lot more. Because if you understand how you work, you you might not necessarily need to hit up a designer anymore. You can look at their work and try to figure out how they did things. Because you, you yourself have paid attention to your own, you know, workings and understand, oh, you know, like, this was achieved by you know a clip art or you know maybe that was a a photoshop um kind of thing that was brought back into illustrator and so once you understand how you're working um you know breaking down the quote-unquote quote code and matrix to other people work is a lot more easier but at the the meat of the show and the aim of the show is really to help people develop uh well-roundedly um in all areas um, because i feel like as creatives um whether it's society or individual, it just tends to be just right-brained, I guess, and nothing else.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. And to apply that to the rest of your life as well. And the things that you approach in all aspects, whether it be design or sociology or just like human interaction, that is like a, a good approach. And if you're listening to this podcast, you better follow these rules. Mm. Um, or else, or else, I'm, not, I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm not going to make any threats, but just no, Man, you're going to be heads. punished. <laughs> uh, just kidding.
0: Uh, yeah. Before we uh, kind of wrap up here again, I want to thank you for your time. But uh, one last question um, for, well, just make it two. Um, what, uh, what lesson you feel like um, you learned a little too late in life or lessons?
1: Oh yeah probably most lessons um come still coming to me but that's the great part is like if you're still learning lessons in you know the uh, later half of your life then you know you're still learning um and that's like i think my motivation to a lot of life is just the feeling that you're learning and you're growing Mm -hmm. um rather than like you found like the epitome of whatever it is you're looking for. And then you just kind of coast, like, you know, visiting the moon when you're in your 30s and then you're done. Like, nothing else will compare to that. And you're just like coasting and not doing anything that's of substance for the rest of your life. But um, if there's a specific lesson, probably having to do with um, thinking that I needed a lot of formal education for. A lot of the things that I want to learn about and the formal education helped in meeting people but I assumed that it would bring me education and other aspects that I can that like formal education is kind of advertised as being there for you but at this point I think that anything I got educational wise through undergrad or graduate school that I could have gotten from most other places on my own, like with incentive to study that stuff without the, you know, the debt or the massive amounts of money shelling out to institutions that don't quite care for you. Yep, That, that would be a big lesson for me. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> um, three lessons or three things you feel um, younger creatives should focus on. Um, when developing and working on that craft?
1: Uh, Lesson number one, never take yourself too seriously or your work. Um, That is incredibly helpful to humble oneself. I think for me, especially to like be in the world to know that what I'm doing is not the end all of creation. It's not like the most important thing in the world. I'm not saving anybody by making something. Um, and I think this applies to like next level, like studios, corporations, etc. cetera. Um, I think if we all have a little bit of that humility and self awareness, and specifically humor and less seriousness about stuff we do, we can put that seriousness into other aspects of our life that requires it. And um, that helps me a lot to find my positioning and to understand what I'm doing and what I'm supposed to be doing in a lot of ways. Um, beyond that, um, more lessons. Uh, ooh, Something very important for me and I'm sure for Emmanuel as well as the process going back to putting weight in the journey of doing what you're doing rather than like showing up to a workshop and being like, if I can't learn how to letter by the end of this hour and a half, in a level that like Instagram will pay me to influence brands with, then I'm not doing this. Um, If you care about anything and it's, you're passionate about it, it's going to take you years to explore that passion and explore your ability to learn and grow from it. Nothing is going to come within even a year uh, to a level that is deep and meaningful beyond just uh, surface level. Um, and that's kind of like old and crotchety, but that's definitely something that I've felt is important. Um, and also number three, um, I'm going to have to think that one. Um, yeah, get out of whatever industry bubble you might feel like you're falling into as often as possible. So if you're into design, if you're into lettering, make sure that 80 to 90% of your world has nothing to do with lettering or design at any given moment um, right. in its entirety because those things can definitely pull you into a place that you can get lost in um, and can lead to some harmful worldviews in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, so, And I don't take my word for any of this. Um, if any of this <laughs> is bad advice, Again, don't take advice from designers. That's something I've always wanted to tell people. Don't listen to designers. What do we know? Uh, I do know wow.
0: Well, if you happen to be listening to this for the, <laughs> whatever, two hours. <laughs>
1: yeah. Forget everything that you've listened to.
0: Pretty much. Um, Go listen
1: to Joe Rogan's podcast. Um, he'll tell you what's up in the real world. Yeah, that's right. I'm
0: on the same level <laughs> as Joe Rogan. so. When you think of my podcast, think of Joe Rogan and do that comparison. Yeah, absolutely. And if I don't come up on top, you could go and uh, listen to a few more of my episodes.
1: Yeah, there's something wrong with you. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, this, is, this has been awesome, dude. I, uh, hey, I was looking forward you. to this. And, uh, and, you know, I'm not disappointed. I knew you was oh. going to come with the.
1: <laughs> if listening to it after we've talked, um, you can always edit out a lot of what I'm saying, just, um, yeah.
0: Oh yeah, I have an editor, but you, you don't do the work bro. <laughs> you just, you just send it, send them it back. It's like curse words. Everything is in there.
1: Just okay. Send it back. So <laughs> good to know, man. Well, yeah, I really appreciate <laughs> nah, it. He, he does, he
0: does a great job. Um, but mo- most likely you will get some, some good background music, if anything.
1: <laughs> okay. That sounds great, <laughs> well, man.
0: One last question before I let you go. Do you fold, fold your pizza when you eat it?
1: Oh, man, I've been learning something new about myself. I mean, this is a much longer answer than it is necessary, but... That's, that's I, a pretty yes
0: or no answer, but let's get into it.
1: <laughs> I can't eat pizza anymore. It makes me angry. It,
0: oh, I, did, I didn't know that was where this was going.
1: Um, pizza makes me super cranky after I eat it. I mean, I, I've enjoyed you- it in my life, both <laughs> folded and both <laughs> but either way... That shit is going to make me cranky afterwards, and I don't know why. It's just like a mental thing completely.
0: Uh, mental. You, you, you don't think is a, a food ingredient thing?
1: It might be the bread and cheese. Um, I can enjoy myself while eating it and be like, "Ooh, this is a really delicious slice <laughs> of real New York pizza. Mm. Um, and then within 10 minutes, I'm going to be mad. I'm going to be cranky. I'm going to be crumpy. Um, and that's all I can say. I don't know why. And um, yeah, I'll have to, I'll come back on the next podcast. If I'm ever invited back, I will explain myself better.
0: Awesome, awesome. Uh, nim Ben rubin artist, designer, video producer. Uh, thanks for being on the show. Thank Where can people who are listening to you go and uh, go and find you on on Instagram or website or anything?
1: They can find me uh, on Instagram at nim underscore br. I have the uh, person put it up in uh post editing right here okay (laughs) um nim underscore br or nimbenruven.com. you'll see more work related stuff there um or just google the most powerful superhero in x-men history (laughs) Find more about me.
0: I feel like you low key told me that story just to tell me that you're kind of unstoppable. That was yeah, <laughs> I kind
1: of embody that more so these days, uh, specifically because I have that opposite of blade physical form and also power form none of the powers, all of the uh paleness. But yeah, thank you so much, man. This was great fun!
0: Awesome, awesome, and thank you. Uh, dumb, naked, and broke till next time.